0: Let's let's jump to threats uh, and, and kind of the core of this discussion. So just to finish out that coach team for everyone's reference, when we when we talk about threats, we're talking about the threats to EL's core values. Uh, we talked about career, you have open communication, accountability, celebration, hard work, and then team and what represents team, which is the only one that is not. Part of the acronym and spelled out for for obvious reasons because it's such a critical piece of our culture but also our core values. So when when we think about COVID-19 and the impact to our culture, what are some of the biggest threats? And, and I'm, I'm not talking about logistical element of transitioning people to technology and things, I'm talking about threats to actual culture. What are some of the biggest threats? Uh, that you've seen and experienced? Jare, if we can start with you where you oversee a number of different divisions, transactional divisions and sales and ops people alike, what, what are some of the most significant threats that you've seen?
1: Yeah, I, I think so if I could back up, I think threats walk, walking into the scenario we were in and how I, how I perceive them now. So, Yes, we we were an organization built where we have, you know, in Salt Lake specifically, we have 400 plus people on site, right? And so all, all of the things that we mentioned about coach team are somewhat or were somewhat predicated on uh, those folks being on site. If you look at things like celebration and hard work and accountability, there were elements that you think, oh my gosh, as we move 70% of our workforce off site. Are we going to lose all of those foundational elements? Um, Are we going to lose things like accountability? Are we going to lose hard work? Uh, Again, we do a lot of things throughout the week. um, as just kind of a standard uh, process where we celebrate teams in a Tuesday meeting, both organizationally and then divisionally. And that comes by way of, you know, cheering and clapping and recognizing. Well, all of a sudden, you remove everybody off site, and that element is, is is now gone, and that's a huge that's a huge threat to our culture, right? So, again, and I would also tie in that that's when we started down that road. It was like, oh man, this is this is going to be somewhat challenging. But I think we we mitigated and evolved to keep those foundational things still intact though with a different approach. Obviously we've utilized things like Microsoft Teams, which we're happily happily utilizing right now. Um, And again, tying that into even the empowerment, right? I don't know if this is the greatest analogy, but at some point it's kind of like raising children, right? You have to model and you have to teach and you have to set a path for them, understanding that one day they're leaving the house. You cannot be with them 24 seven and it's truly probably when they leave the house that you realize, did I do the things I needed to do to help them set themselves up for success? Yeah. And, I, and I gotta tell you, it, it was pretty unnerving, right? We, we had never experimented. We had never beta tested with folks offsite. You know, you hear folks in maybe Silicon Valley and stuff where they had a percentage of their workforce. That was off site. So they had they had a baseline. They had a case study. We had none of that. We had none of that. Yeah. So for us, it was we were releasing our children out there and saying, OK, have we built the foundation that we think that we've built? And I think, you, you know, that comes by way of do we retain our 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 core principles, whether we're on site or off site? And uh, I think we've done a fantastic job um, in not losing any of those core principles.
0: Yeah, so so well said. Um, I, in fact, to that point, I, I would emphasize it even further in that, with conditions of the industry the way they are, and talent availability the way that it is, right? Unfortunately, there's been an incredible amount of layoffs and companies that are are totally struggling. And we've wanted to do our part to contribute to the economy, especially our local communities, provide jobs. We also see it as a tremendous opportunity to invest in growth. We're in a, a very financially strong position. We've always grown smart from a financial standpoint. And so our approach has been higher. Let's grow through this. Let's look to take more market share from competitors, but let's, let's get more talent in-house. The challenge that that's presented is when Jer talks about this, this raising of children, I think that's a, a, a term of endearment, right? Because that's the way that we view. I mean, it's family, but they're coming in fresh. We don't hire from within the industry, and so we're teaching them a new industry, a new skill set, a new trade, and there's an under your wing element to that. There's a let's do it together. And then that transitions to let's do as I do, never a do as I say, but that requires cohesiveness and people being able to work side by side and seeing and hearing. I had an interesting experience with one of our, our rock, rock stars, um, Scott, this gentleman, he's one of our best players, not just from a productivity standpoint, production standpoint, Culturally, he's just a frontline leader, right? And that's where our culture lives and breathes. And he came into my office one day, and after he'd spent the several weeks now working out of his home, and said, "Hey, so what do you think after COVID? What does this work-from-home environment look like?" Because I'd like the flexibility. I kind of like it in some ways. At the same time, I like being in and being with my my friends and working together. And the thing that I had shared with Scott is Scott the value for the organization isn't just you being productive. It's that your optimism and positivity and attitude and work ethic, it's contagious. That's the stuff that spreads. And for me to have you at home every day, I'm cheating several people that otherwise get to surround you and be infected by your attitude and the way that you approach business, the way that you interact with our clients and our carriers. And I can't cheat other people of that opportunity and tuck you under a rock working where people don't get to, to see and feel and hear your energy level. And so for me, that's been that extension of the threat to culture that we've had to be really, really sensitive to. Joe, what what would you add to that? You bring an interesting dynamic where you've led that frontline yourself and now you're training that front line. And when we talk about bringing in new people and getting them up and started, it's one thing to train them in a classroom. It's another thing to have them out on the floor doing and learning by, by actually doing. What are your thoughts as far as threat?
2: One of the, the big threats that I felt, I guess, myself and tried to speak to um, when talking to people was there's, a, there was, um, there's been a heaviness right in the world there's been a lot to think about and consider and to be flexible with and um you know we talk about in england being our best self that's kind of our goal is to always be our best self that's not always easy to do when you're dealing with that heaviness so one of the things that i really try to focus on i got to do um a a weekly email to the to the company and I really, as has been discussed, believe that England's greatest strength is that they hire people who internally have that culture before they walk in this door. That culture of constant growth, constant improvement, betterment. Um, But when you're stressed and heavy, it's easy to lose sight of that a little bit and to kind of forget who you are. Um, and so that was something I tried to focus on in those emails is we're in this together, right? We have each other. We can lean on each other. Let's get back to who we internally are as individuals, as a company, hold tight onto those those core values that we all really share um, and eliminating that threat of the external stress impacting our ability to be the best that we can.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and Joe, you you have unique experience. I, I know, Jer and Elias and I, you know, we've tried to come in every day ever since this thing hit, and we've done that safely, wearing masks and cleansing and social distancing. We've, but we've tried to come in every day. You've you've spent a lot of time working remotely in your home with two cute little cruisers begging for your attention that you're trying to multitask what have been, as you've spent that time working remotely, what have been the threats that you firsthand have experienced?
2: Oh, it's wild. I mean, anyone who has two little kids knows that is a wild, wild ride. And it requires constant refocus and so much energy. It takes so much energy to go okay how am i going to enter to entertain these two little ones or let them self-entertain right for an extended period of time a lot of people in the company know because i wrote it in one of my emails my daughter got her first haircut when i was doing a meeting i mean like all of this cut hacked because for a period of time i Stuck them in a room, right? Like, go in a room, watch a movie, have some candy, whatever. So it's hard. It it, it requires. There, there
0: may know. or may not have been some tears from Joe, by the way, on that one.
2: <laughs> there, there were tears. My baby girl. I mean, just hat. It's a rite of passage. It's it's part of what happens when you have a sibling who finds kid scissors. But, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, you just have to roll with it and be super flexible and not let it take you under, you know, because it is stressful and it is hard and it, it does require a lot of attention and focus and planning and, um, redirecting constantly, but it's possible. And I, I found again, like I was saying with the email, so many people reached out to me saying, Oh, this is what I'm doing, or this is what I'm doing. And just that element of internal community, I think, was what really helped to combat the struggles because, like I said, we're in it together. We're all doing it. We're all figuring it out. We're all, you know, a little more stressed than normal. We're all managing the best we can. So finding that sense of your friends and your co-workers going, just hang in there, try this, do this. This is what I'm doing. It was kind of cool.
0: Well, and cool because of the best practice sharing opportunity that you referenced, but there's also, I mean, you just can't put a value on empathy, yeah. right? We're we're all living this thing. And just to know that others are experiencing some of the challenges you're experiencing, that you're not alone in the world in that way, that stuff goes a long way, just the, the human element. Jer, I think you had something you wanted to piggyback on.
1: Yeah, so, yeah so, so when Joanne was stating this element of fear, right? I think one thing that I've learned in this process, being a leader is, you know, my greatest challenge has been, you know, how do you honor the le- the legitimate fear of of the unknown? Right, I'm talking COVID. Jay, she failed to mention that here in Salt Lake we had an earthquake yeah. the first of uh, that first week, right? So it was how do you manage and lead through people's legitimate fear of the unknown, and at the same time turn that into Spiritness or enthusiasm camaraderie right? yes and I gotta tell you again it's one of those times in life where I don't want to be Pollyannish about this scenario because it's it's greatly serious on a lot of friends but there's probably never been a, a period of time in my life where I felt more cohesion with the people that I work and really more enthusiasm right Yeah, And and excitement to a certain degree of, okay, these are challenges, but think about how much better. And I kept kept pivoting back to just think how much better we're going to be when when we all get out of this. Not just EL, but the world. And and now you'd probably say society, right? Um, It's probably one of those things that's always darkest before dawn. But if you can keep your, your lens on the long term think about how much progress
0: will have been made. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I, I I, get so excited about the post-COVID world, and for obvious reasons, right? We just want to be through this. But more so because of the progress that we've made, like even as humanity. And it's there's there's certainly this element recently that's been so disheartening and disappointing with the unrest. Um, given the the, the protests and such a a great and appropriate and worthy cause, and there's the unrest there. But when you go back before that, the unity of people and the kindness that you started to see as a result of this pandemic and people, we need more of that, right? And there's so many different habits and, and developments that we need to permanently adopt that just are good for people as well as good for business. Great comments, Elias. What what threats have you seen and felt?
3: Yeah, a couple come to mind. Um, you know, one specifically with communication. I think that's such a core value of ours. And when you have a workforce that's now you know miles and miles apart from each other, my initial thought was, boy, this is going to be tough to maintain that level of open communication that we have amongst team members, but I've actually been really surprised in the effectiveness and the new ways that we've found to communicate. And some of those ways, um, whether it's through daily morning huddles or team calls or Zoom, it's it's been impressive to see our ability to get things done productively and in a way that we might likely continue on once we're all back in the same location, I think we've learned a few things that will help us to be better in that regard, and I'm I'm thrilled about that. Um, the other the other area that I'm thinking about is, um, you know, celebration. You know, how do you how do you celebrate when there's people in you know 200 different locations? And we've been able to find unique ways to be able to celebrate both individual successes and um, team success. And, uh, you know, just not not more than a couple of weeks ago, we had we had achieved a significant milestone as a company. And, uh, you know, all of the employees were rewarded with um, Grubhub gift cards that we're able to use to help, you know, to support small business and to, to enjoy the, you know, a lunch uh, on the company. And uh, normally, we would have Rallied together and had a had a big group lunch, but instead we're able to um, to do that on our own. And and another thing that comes to mind is our summer games. We've we've typically um, every year had an annual tradition where we get outside for a part of the day and we we have some intense wiffle ball games and human foosball games and three
0: tricycle games. races that Elias always wins.
3: <laughs> yeah, so a <laughs> lot of fun and it's 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 great it's it's uh euphoric it, it gets everybody excited and um those are happening this week but with a little bit different twist you know where we're able to still honor social distancing but yet have a lot of fun and so i'm i'm excited at the fact that we've been able to maintain these cultural elements despite what's going on around us
0: yeah great great points and Elias, point out just as examples that we've we've moved from wiffle ball and tricycle races to what what are the examples of some of the, the summer games this week?
3: Yeah, so we've got some like uh, boggle and charades and family feud, um, things that can be done on online, but just a, a lot of fun still that where people can get together, get competitive. We're competitive environment, and uh, that will that will not change.
0: Yeah. It turns out Zoom is like a perfect platform for Hollywood Squares, right? And so we're leveraging <laughs> that. It's worth noting, too, that by way of tradition, another, another evolution that Elias is referencing with Summer Games, we always do this big kickoff event. Uh, with a barbecue, and it's been disheartening because we, as an executive team, get a barbecue, the hot dogs, and we actually take it as an opportunity. It's been a few years of tradition where we celebrate our local law enforcement and and our fire department and the emergency response personnel, and we have them come in mass, and it's a really neat environment. And gosh, all of a sudden, it's like we're stripped of the opportunity to do that. But it's not good enough to just cancel, right? That's not been RMO, and still. Instead, we've got a caterer coming today and they're going to box these all up individually. We know that they're COVID safe. We're going to hand deliver them with face masks and gloves to each desk within the office for those that are, are here. And we don't want to leave out the the response personnel. And so we're hand delivering some crumble cookies to all these fire departments and, and police departments and, and what have you. And yet at the same time, we're sensitive to that unrest. And so we also see as an opportunity to celebrate diversity, which just needs to be celebrated right now, not fought over, right? We've got to figure out the celebration aspect and come together. And so what better way than to teach our kids the way to celebrate diversity. And so we've got a big coloring contest that represents coloring pages of diverse peoples and backgrounds. And so there's just been so many cool ways that when you source ideas from our team members, there's solutions, right to these these traditions of ours to do it in a new way, an evolved way that accommodates current situation, but still not not concede to the threats that otherwise exist to our culture.